Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace, O Lord. Father, your church waits to listen from you, O Master. They wait to hear from you, O Master. Therefore, Lord, speak to us, O Master. Speak to us, O Lord. Speak to us the truths from the Word of God, Lord. That will have an impactful and, in, and a fruitful effect in our lives, O Lord. That we might have bear, bear fruit that will last. O Master, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Lord, we pray for your word that goes forth. Lord, that it will touch areas in our life that needs to be touched, O oh Jesus. Points of areas of concern, of growth that needs to be activated in our lives. Lord, let it, let it, let it go forth, O oh Master, from this time, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because you're going to do it. Father, we declare the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. For your word has said that your Holy Spirit is our teacher and our counselor. And he will remind us of my things that I preached is what you said, O Lord. Therefore, Holy Spirit, speak to us, O Lord, this evening time. Thank you, Jesus. And we bind the powers of the enemy to have no power over us, no power over the word that goes forth. And it will not have any effect in nullifying it. It has no power, O Master. But your spirit will cause it to bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The title of the message is, What Are You Hearing? What Are You Hearing? I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. And also you can keep a bookmark at Matthew chapter 13. Okay, somebody can read Mark chapter 4 verse 24. Uh, and I'll read that once again. It says, and Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. To you who hear, more will be given. And verse 25, For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever who does not, even what he has, will be taken from him. And somebody can read uh, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 was 18. Okay. Here is a different variation of that same uh, command. He says, Take heed how you hear. What is the first one? Take heed what you hear. So the second is, take heed how you hear. It's talking about the same incident. It's very, very careful. I mean, I'm telling you, what we study today is so, so intrinsic to your growth as a believer and, and to walk into the will of God. Jesus is making a very powerful statement. He says, you all be very careful what you hear. You be very careful how you hear. Because the measure that he used will be measured back to you. And he's talking again in the context of not giving and receiving. No. He's talking in the context of hearing. Now how, is, how does that fit in hearing? He says, the measure you hear, it will be measured back to you. For example, for, who, who, for whoever has to him, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. You get that? There's a measure in how you hear and what you hear. Okay. And we'll come to this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 11 verses 14 and 15. Somebody can read that. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. Here we have a context here about where Jesus is talking about John the Baptist and and Jesus makes a statement and all of you all know about the statement where he says that if you are willing to receive it, John the Baptist is Elijah to come because the Bible prophesies in Zechariah, if I am not mistaken, Zechariah or Malachi, that before the dreadful day of the Lord, I will send my prophet Zechariah. Uh, sorry, my prophet uh, Elijah. And he also says in another place that he, I will send him to pre- he prepare a, a voice crying out in the wilderness, a prepare a way, a messenger that will prepare the way. But he doesn't specify which messenger. So he, And Jesus makes a statement and he says, if you're willing to receive it, Elijah, G- John the Baptist is Elijah to, who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And why do I take that pa- uh, that verse specifically. And before Jesus prefaces us with this thing, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. What he's saying is, let me tell you something that if you, if you want to receive it, you will get it. John the Baptist is Elijah. And he prefaces with this thing that he who has ears, let him hear. Why? Because it's very difficult to see John the Baptist in contemporary times, during Jesus' time, John the Baptist was his contemporary, correct? He was a man just like them. But he was out in the wilderness doing crazy stuff. And they have this uh, idealistic view of Elijah, the most powerful prophet who brought fire down from heaven. And they have this picture of a mighty prophet, Elijah. Now Jesus is saying, now let me tell you, I mean, you, you, I hope you can get this. He's saying, if I tell you that John the Baptist is Elijah, do you, will you believe? A lot of the people say, I, I mean, he has not done any miracle. Seriously, what has John the Baptist done? Tell me one miracle that John the Baptist did. Counting. <laughs> Two, three, four. Any miracles that John the Baptist did? I'm sure he has made many enemies, but not many miracles. But Jesus is saying, okay, now, now in view of everything that you know of John the Baptist, let me tell you something. He is Elijah to come. Can you believe it? And, then he, and he can perceive the hardness in their hearts. And he says, he who is here, let him hear. If you are willing to receive it, receive it. I am out of here. I am done. I am going to something else, but you want to receive it. Now what is the picture? He says, there is something different from when Jesus says, here, there is something different of hearing from the way that God wants you to hear. You see that? And that's where the miracles happen. The miracles happen not because you know facts. The miracles happen when you know facts. When you know that you know. You see the difference of hearing that is Jesus is talking about? The way you hear. Now, if you can believe that John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive that, I will give you more revelation. Let me tell you the next revelation that is. What is the next revelation? The one that you see before you is the Son of God. But if you are not even willing to receive John the Baptist as a prophet, you cannot receive me as the Son of God. Very powerful. One revelation of hearing brings to a greater revelation if they received the first revelation. In fact, the first of Jesus' disciples were who? John's. John's disciples. Can you believe? Because John's disciples received a revelation that John the Baptist was a prophet, 
God opened their eyes to receive the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. Matches the same thing. You, if you've heard, you were able to receive that small revelation, you can receive greater revelation. I'm telling, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that is the thing that stops us. Because we have not received the basic, we have not received the basic instruction of God. We have not received to believe in what God has told us plainly in our lives that he, we are not able to receive greater and deeper truths that He can cause us greater victories. It has nothing to do with our holiness. It's all about how much are we willing to hear. Do you get that? It is so fundamental. It has nothing to do with your righteousness. It has nothing to do with the authority and the power that you have. It has everything to do with how much are you willing to hear from God. Okay, let's go because we have so much of area to cover. Matthew chapter 12 verse 42. The queen of Sheba came from the ends of the earth to hear, Solom uh, to hear Solomon. And Jesus says, a greater than Solomon is here. What did Queen of Sheba come to Jerusalem for? To see what is true. She, she had heard of his wisdom. Correct. Yeah. So what did Queen of Sheba came, come to Jerusalem for? To hear. Not to see. We think he came to see the gold and the majesty. You know what the Bible says that she brought gold. She had gold. Sheba was a place that was renowned for gold. So she brought gold. But she went back with more gold. In fact, that's how the picture of God, God is. You cannot outgive God. You know? In fact, she went with goods and she was stuffed with goods back. Classic picture of Jesus, classic picture of Jesus. You cannot give to God and not go come back multiplied. But Queen of Sheba really came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Remember that. She came to hear. Say hear. Hear. Not to see. Her kingdom was glorious. She's not come there to see the glory of Jerusalem. She's not come to see the palaces. No, she's come to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Solomon was wise. In fact, the Bible history talks about that Solomon was naming names. He was into scientific analysis of flowers and fruits. And, you know, people would come out with all these science questions and they would go, there's one man in Middle East in a city called Jerusalem is a king. Go and ask him. And people would come there to ask Solomon about the things because he was wise. He was wise. And he had come to see wisdom. Hear wisdom. And see, Jesus says, I stand here greater than all of Solomon. Do you want to hear me? Do you want to hear me? Let me let me go. What, Matthew chapter thirteen. Matthew chapter thirteen is the whole parable. Now Jesus. Wow, we need time to break this down, and I don't want to take it in two sessions. But I want to really download it to us as a live team. And let's go through this very fast, okay? And you, I want you all to stay with me because we are talking about real stuff that is, and if you can take hold of it, the enemy has no power over your life. You will know how the principles operate. Now you know if law of gravity operates, you know you cannot beat it. But you can use the law of gravity for your sake, right? Mm -hmm. If you know these principles, you can use it in your life. And it will always work because it's nothing to do with faith. It's about the principles. It's about principles. L look at this. Matthew chapter 13 
and he starts by telling them a parable. And he says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And I'm not going to break down the parable. We all know this parable. In fact, Jesus says, this is the most important parable of all. The sower sows the sword is the most important parable. Okay. And then he, verse 10, And the disciples come and say to him, Why do you speak to everybody in parables? He's talking about the gentle people. And Jesus says, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. Now this is powerful. He's saying, I, it has been given by my Father to for you as disciples who follow me the privilege to know the mysteries of the kingdom. What does mystery mean? The principles, the things that make things work in this world. You have got the key. It has been given to you. But it has not been given to them. But I cannot just give it to you privately. Because then God is a partial God. You see, God cannot be partial, correct? He cannot just be... You see the problem that God has? He cannot have a favorites in the world. But at the same time, He doesn't want them to receive that revelation because He wants them to have that revelation by faith. So at the same time, so He, he has this unique instrument called parable. See how this parable works. He'll give a parable and we've studied this before. So the parable is very common. It looks like it's a nice... And a lot of people say that Jesus used parables because he wanted to break it down to understanding by the common people. In fact, it was exactly the opposite. He used parables so that he wants to hide all the deep truths from the common people and make it known only to the ones who wanted to know it. Wow! That's exactly the reason why God... Because God has given man the free will. At the same time, he doesn't want to load his revelation to him because... Uh, Miles Monroe... Is a, I have, the best explanation I've heard about him is through Miles Mantra, and we've talked about it before. He said, if God gives you a revelation that you don't want, he makes himself a presumptuous God and makes himself a liar. Do you understand? If God gives you a revelation, or if God, God gives you what you don't want, but it's good for you, And, and you reject it. It makes God a presumptuous God and a liar. Like for example, you, a man who receives a revelation from God, a good thing from God, can turn around and say, Lord, but I don't want it. Didn't you know that? Then suddenly now the problem is with whom? God. Lord, if you are God, didn't you know that I don't need this? Wow. Now that makes God a liar. You see the problem that God has? At the same time, God wants to bless you. But at the same time, He doesn't want to be presumptuous enough to understand that you want His blessing. So He decides to just leave it out there. So that when you seek Him, it's there. So that's what parables are. Hidden in plain sight. It's very powerful. That's the principle of the kingdom. It is hidden not for you to spend days and years searching. No, 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 no. It is hidden so that you seek it and it is found. But it is hidden. So now it solves God's problem of not being presumptuous. Correct? Now it's out there. But at the same time it is not forced on you. So you now seek it and you find it. So it solves God's problem of not being presumptuous. At the same time it solves His desire for mercy to give that revelation to you. 
So that's why we have this, Lord, but I am a believer, then why is this happening to me? Because it is hidden in plain sight and you don't want to take the word. But I am having this sickness, why is it happening only to me? Because the healing was always there, but you don't want to claim it. But why is that brother being healed? Because he decided to grab hold of that word. Oh, but why is that brother prosperous? Or why is that brother, you know, everything. You see the problem? It's there, the word is there, but you, you make it, you make it for you. Make it for yourself. Now here, look at it. Look, stay with me because you're going to go to, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it has not been given. Do you see the problem? So the parables were hiding stuff from the... From the... I don't even want to use the word agnostics, but somebody who does not want it. How do I, how do I classify that? For the unwilling, for the unbeliever, the one who doesn't want to believe, he doesn't want to receive it, but it is available. Okay, there he says, verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given. Look at the same verse, the same language. For whoever has more will be given and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away. I speak to you in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they not understand. And he takes so back them to a prophecy in Isaiah. And we all know the Isaiah. It's in Isaiah chapter 6, if I'm not mistaken. It says, hearing you will hear. No, this is powerful. And I, I want you to stay with this because this we are going into verses and, and I don't want you to get bored. Okay, Isaiah sees a vision of God in the Old Testament, correct? And, and the Godhead says, who will go for us? This is a, one of the few places in the Old Testament where the Godhead shows up. You know, the Godhead says, who will go for us? He's not talking God and the angels, right? He's talking the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit says, who will go for us? Isaiah says, Lord, here am I, send me. And the first assignment that God gives Isaiah is, this is what you shall tell my people Israel. This, this, this is the assignment. It's not a message of grace. It's a message saying, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see, but you will not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I would heal them. Wow! Now this is not a message of grace. It's a message of condemnation. It's a message of curse. So he's saying, go Isaiah and preach to my people saying, you, you have eyes but you will not see. You will have ears but you will not hear. And Isaiah's question to God is, how long Lord should this message, how long should I preach it? Because Isaiah says, there is no hope in this message. It's a curse. It's a curse of deafness, of hearness, of hardness. It's a curse that is coming upon the people of Israel at that point of time. Isaiah says, how long should I preach it? He said, preach it as I, until the land is made waste and the people have been destroyed, but only a remnant will be left and then that remnant will multiply. Do you get the point? No, Israel is under that curse, that curse of, they, they will continue to hear, but they will not understand. They are now under that curse. But Jesus comes here and says, the curse is now about to end. I am here. I can open the ears of understanding and hear. Now, 
No, the parable has been given, but because in my mercy I can explain it to you and I can open your ears. And, and then he says, verse 16, Blessed are your ears for they hear. Now say that, Blessed, blessed. Are, my ears are my ears because I can hear. Now, I'm telling you, if you can start hearing the word of God, you start becoming fruitful. In fact, the Isaiah prophecy is so powerful, it says that even if, now let me paraphrase this in God's ways, correct? Now, Jesus, uh, God is saying, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Let me paraphrase. They should be so blind and they should be so deaf, just in case that they hear, just in case they see and they turn to me and, and I'm forced to heal them. What does that mean? Huh? No, it means he doesn't want to heal them, but he says, even I cannot stop them from being healed if they listen to my word. Let me repeat. The word of God is so powerful. Now God is telling, okay? Now God is telling, I don't want these guys to be healed. They are so wicked. I just don't, They just want to be waste. But I am... I, God cannot use the word I am afraid, right? But, but let me paraphrase it as a common man. I am afraid that if they listen to my word and believe, they will get healed. I mean, the word of God is so powerful that it will cause healing even when God doesn't want it. Do you see how powerful that is? The word of God is so powerful in your life that if you believe it, even if God doesn't want you to be prosperous, you will become prosperous. Now we talk about the will of God to heal me or not. Man, we are beyond that. <laughs> we are beyond where God... We are, believers are arguing if it is the will of God for people to be healed. Now Isaiah is talking about a situation where God believes his word so much that even when he doesn't want people to be healed, people are getting healed. In fact, that, isn't that what happened when Naaman of Syria came and believed a prophet of Israel? He was healed of his leper and that covenant was not even available for a heathen. It was not. But God's word was working. God, God believes God. We studied that passage once before. God promised God. What oh, powerful message. Powerful message. God promised God. Very powerful message. God has promised himself that his word is above him. And Jesus is saying, if you can believe the word, even if I don't like it, and that doesn't happen, right? Because we studied last time that God is a merciful God. Right? But even if you don't like it, but if you, if you can hear the word of God, it will work in your life. It's a principle. That is why Jesus said it's a mystery. You understand why it's a mystery? Because it is an unknown truth that keeps working. And it's a principle. If you can believe it, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. Okay. I'm not going, going, going to go into the parable and he breaks down this parable of the sword, so the sword. And if you look at the parable of the source of the word, keep noting the word here. He who hears, he who hears, 
he hears, he hears, he hears the word. Go to Matthew, Luke chapter, Luke chapter eight. It's the same passage. And Luke chapter eight. Now Jesus breaks down that parable. He explains that he says the seed is the word of God. Luke chapter eight, verses eleven onwards. And he says, he says that the ones. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 onwards. He said those by the wayside are the ones who hear. They heard the word. The devil comes and takes away the word of God. Word out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. See again the power. Automatic power. If you believe you get saved. It's nothing to do with God's will. It's God's word. It will operate. But Satan knows this. So Satan's immediate reaction to any time a word of God is in your heart. About any situation is. He'll try to rob it. It's a principle. He always works it. He is, he, he is a creature of habit. Say creature of habit. He keeps doing the same things over and over again. See, that's his pattern. The word of God will come. He will immediately try to get that word out from you. The way he does it at first is, first he'll try to get it out right away. That means he'll just make you forget it. Correct? If it doesn't work in that second thing he does is, but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear receive the word with joy. Suddenly you believe. And you immediately do what the word says. Or you believe on the word of God for a healing or for for some situation or for a house or for a marriage or for anything. You believe. But a little time later the enemy brings persecution and trials. He's not talking about persecution in terms of you killing for the gospel, for the witness. No, no, not that persecution. He will try to make it appear as if what you're standing on is not happening. Does he do that for you? You believe on the word of God after some time. You're, you're, you're believing it and suddenly looks like things are working and then things get worse. You know, you have the classic case. Again, he's a creature of... He uses the same strategies. He, he will suddenly make it happen as if nothing is working out. So that is when persecutions and... What does the word say? Persecutions and trials come for the word's sake. Because the word is there. A lot of people say, Brother, I am being beaten up because the devil is after me. Devil is not after you. Seriously. I mean, don't... Don't exalt yourself so much that, you know... He needs to give special attention to you. No, 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 no. He is really not after you. He is just after the word that is cause that is going to be fruitful in your life. He wants to get after the word. And if he can stop. So what happens is typically you're standing on a word of God for your health. And something happens, the healing doesn't happen. So what happens typically with believers is they give up. Persecutions come, they initially receive the word, but then when the thing doesn't go, they fall off. And it is gone. So, they fall off. Then the th fourth one is, now these are ones who fall among thorns. They hear, they go out and are choked with care. <laughs> Classic. This is another problem. Say creature of habit. <laughs> Satan does the same thing. You receive a word, he just floods you with so much of anxiety about all non-related stuff. You know, un all the unnecessary details which are no, have no eternal value, which will not matter from... Forget one year from now, one day, one week from now. It's things that you stress about, 
He'll just fill your life with so much of worries and cares. You totally forget about the word of God regarding that situation. They're like, just take a Tylenol and get healed. Or, you know, just go and do something, you know. Or go and, you know, or just depend on your flesh or get a, get a, get a hagar, you know. <laughs> do something. Get the baby, man, you know. Just filled with filled with stuff, he will use it. He he does it, and finally, so he, you know what all he does. First, he does comes and robs immediately. Second, you stand on it and makes you weary and believe as if nothing is happening, or it bring trouble in your life and makes things worse as if because you believed now the problem is happening. You heard how many times? Because I believe now. Yeah, it is happening. Why? Because not because you believe. Because the word is still there, and you can we just hang in there a little bit more. And this happens. And then he says, But the ones who be, uh, fall on good ground are the ones who hear the word with noble and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit. With, with, what? No, with patience. See, what was missing in the guy who had joy and when persecution came and this guy who had joy and hang in there. Hang in there, brothers and sisters. Just because it is not happening doesn't mean the word of faith is false or it's a cult or is it because some teacher taught it. It has nothing to do with the teacher. It's all to do with the word of God. Just hang in there and don't change your confession. Don't change your confession. I mean, rather let it be like the Daniel and the friends. I will not bend my knee even if I have to die. Die with your confession on, rather. But I'm telling you, you will never have to die because your victory comes much before that. In fact, Jesus says, if one city rejects you, go to another city. The Son of Man will come before you have gone through all the cities. Doesn't he say that? You will never have to go that much. But we have heard stories of that auntie who died who was righteous. Hey, but that auntie is not my word of God. I know the word of God, correct? Just You just start, depend on the word. Look at what it says. With patience. Just hang in there. I mean, who are we to judge people? You just hang in the word. Does the word say something? Just hang in the word. Don't depend on anything. Just believe the word. Just hang in the word. Your breakthrough will happen. I'm telling you. Now let me repeat. Just like God, Jesus told the, disciple, uh, the people. If you're willing to receive it, John the Baptist is Elijah. It's hard. These are hard teachings. But if you are willing to receive it, you have the mysteries of the kingdom. This is how the kingdom operates. Remember, John the Baptist is Elijah. If you can believe that, you can believe a lot of things. It's the same case in our life. If you are able to receive the basic revelation, God will give you greater revelation. Amen? Amen. Are you all there still? Amen? We have a lot of stuff to cover. Okay. Luke chapter 8. Now he preaches the whole message of sower sows the seed and finally comes to verse 18 and says, Therefore, say therefore. therefore. Why does he say therefore? Having said everything and taught you everything about sower sows the so seed, say therefore. therefore. Say therefore. therefore. Say therefore. therefore. Verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. The whole point, now Jesus is making a powerful statement. He says the whole point I'm teaching about sower sows the seed is 
not about the ground, not about the soil, not about a good heart, not about a righteous soil, not about a good person, not about... No, 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 no. You missed the point if you didn't get this point. Therefore, take heed how you hear. So now, Jesus, Jesus breaks it down and says, I'll tell you the secret about this whole parable. The reason why some people are fruitful and others are not is nothing to do in where they fell. It is everything to do with how they heard. How they heard. Now, who, I'm not saying this. This is Jesus' words. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Say, how you hear. You know, it's so important how you hear is what causes the breakthrough, not where I heard, what I heard, but how I heard it, what. I mean, do you believe what you hear? Do you believe the word of God in your life? Yes or no? That's it. Do you believe it? So take heed how you hear. Why? Because if you can hear what I told you once, then I will tell you more. I am not going to spend time with you to tell you new revelation if you have not believed the first. It is, I'm telling you, again, very powerful principles. If you are not ready to receive the first revelation, don't expect God to give you new revelation. So you say, no Lord, I'm not growing in my life because you're not obedient to the first revelation. Let me give you powerful, powerful. Man, this is so powerful. Okay, before we go into that, Verse 18, we just got therefore, right? Say therefore. therefore. We studied that. Verse 19, then his mother and brothers come to him and they could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told by him, of, it was told him of some, he said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, and he stays on the topic. And he says, my mother and my brothers are those who? He's like, man, here is like his, his mother and brothers are now come in the middle of his discourse. And he says his mother, Jesus, Jesus, enough of your preaching. Your mother and your brothers are waiting outside. Jesus says, let me continue to stay on the topic. My mother and brothers are ones who hear, not even they. Wow. Now you are, you are exalting yourself even about the Roman Catholic beliefs, right? That you are more powerful than the Virgin Mary. You are more powerful than his brothers. In, but more. Why? He's, and Jesus' words. He's saying that you are more powerful when you start hearing. The ones who hear are my brothers and mothers. Hallelujah. He's saying the power of hearing. The power of hearing. The power of hearing. So he stays on, he stays on topic. Verse, uh, Luke chapter 11 verse 28. Another lady cries out and says, Blessed is the womb that produced you. And Jesus immediately says, But blessed are the ones who hear the word. Hallelujah. Wow! He never lets go. He says, Are you saying, Jesus, that I am more blessed than the mother who gave birth to you? Yes! Yes! You are more blessed when you hear. Because when you hear, nothing can stop you. Amen. Nothing! Hallelujah. Nothing! Even a curse that is set forth in Moshe and Isaiah cannot stop you. If you are willing to hear. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. If you can get hold of this. Take heed how you hear. It is your secret. I mean. Don't worry about houses and flocks and lands and ministry and power and influence. 
Everything resides in how you hear the word of God. Nothing. I mean, how tough is it for somebody to walk into your life and just bless you? It's easy. In fact, Jesus made a statement at the end of his ministry when he told, when he was about to die, he said, carry a knapsack, carry a sword, carry two swords, carry a money bag. And they carried. And we studied that why he did that in one of our previous messages. And Jesus said, when I told you once and I sent you out for ministry, I told you not to carry anything. Don't carry a change of clothes. Don't carry a change of sandals. Don't carry a money bag. Don't carry a knapsack. Did you lack anything? Did you lack anything? And the disciple says, no. The point being, God's ministry never lacks God's resources. It's our traditional understanding of suffering Christianity that teaches you wrong things. Why? Because Jesus said, by the traditions of men, you make the word of God of no effect. The traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. Why? Because we have heard wrong all these years. We have not heard the word of God. You have not heard the word of God. You have not heard the word of God. I remember I told you this, uh, what we just discussed. He says, if you, if you don't hear the first instruction of God, you don't wait to hear more from God. The first revelation. Remember, many times it's very simple. Many times it's very simple. Even before you go, and we got a powerful, powerful example. Do we have time? We have a lot of stuff. Are you ready? Can you all survive? A little bit more? Yeah? Are you sure? Try? Okay. Um, what is the first commandment? The most important commandment according to Jesus? Okay. Wrong. Huh? Wrong, still. No, no, no. Now you're getting into it. <laughs> okay. Go back to where it is written, which is the greatest commandment. Go back. Let me give you a clue. Mark chapter 11. Mark, Mark chapter 12. Verse 28 and 29. Okay. Verse 28 and 29. 30 and 31. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what is the first the first commandment? The first commandment of all. Here. Here. Here is the first commandment. Have you ever noticed that? The most important commandment. And Jesus is saying. Now, one of the scribes came and heard him reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well and asked them, which is the first commandment of all? The first commandment of all. And Jesus answered, this is the Son of God who knows the commandments of God. Correct? He says, the first of all the commandments. I do, let me give you 
let me give you three commandments which I think are the most important. And he starts off with the first. The first is what? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So what is the first commandment? A commandment is something that you have to do. So what is the first commandment? Hear. Hear. Say, blessed is it to hear. If you cannot hear, you cannot go past. Here is the first commandment. So anytime you, anybody says, which is the greatest commandment? What do you say? Here. 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 If you can hear, you will get the rest. What is the second commandment? Love God. Which is the third commandment? Love man. So what are the three greatest commandments? Number one, hear God, love God and love man. Repeat, hear God, love God, love man. So the greatest is hear God. Hear God. If you cannot hear from God, and we wonder how we lived all our lives without hearing from God. It always looks like some prophet who walks into town is the one who can hear from God. <laughs> Man, it is you and I. How can you even survive without hearing God? Jesus is saying that it is so fundamental to your existence that you have to hear Him every time, every day. It is so essential to your effectiveness and to live. You have no choice but to live. In fact, the... The, in the Mount of Transfiguration, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is transfigured, correct? And He appears in all His glory and all His power. And then the voice comes from heaven. And what does the voice say to the people? Matthew chapter 17 verse 5. This is my son. Hear him. That's it. Just hear him. Just don't know. This is my son. See him. No. This is my son. Worship him. No. This is my son. Hear him. Because long after he is gone and his glory is not seen, you can still hear him. How good it would be to say, this is my beloved son. Continue to see his glory. Continue to worship him. No. Because then he has to constantly show up. With a million watts of electricity and lightning and power to always be worthy of your respect. But now he doesn't because the obligation on them is the same that is, is resides on you, his hearer. So it is possible to hear him as much as Peter standing on that mountain. Yes? Yes. That means I can hear Jesus the same way that the disciples could hear Jesus. Yes? Let me prove it to you that's how true it was. Paul in his epistle says, I have received and preached this gospel that I've received from no man but from Jesus himself. How did Paul write the whole te te uh, epistles without having uh, walked with Jesus himself? Why? Because he heard from Jesus and he received greater revelation than the other disciples who walked with him. Because you don't hear in the flesh you hear in the spirit. Amen? You have to listen in the spirit. You have to. Brothers and sisters, you have to. You have to start making a practice. Lord, tell me, Lord, what is about this situation? Here, I want to hear from you. You said to me to hear. That's a commandment, right? Isn't that the commandment, Lord? You said, hear me. I want to hear you. 
I'm going to believe that I'm going to hear from you. I have to. Don't tell me, Lord, brother, I don't know what the will of God is. <laughs> Give me a break. Hear from Him. Don't make the will of God so complicated that you can't hear from Him. Rather just admit it. I am so disobedient that I don't want to listen to what He has already told me. <laughs> just put it out there. Gets you free, you know. <laughs> just put it out there. Say, Lord, I am just so disobedient. I have heard from you, but I don't want to do it. It is so painful. Give me a better revelation of what this means, you know. Then God will speak. At least you are open. I have listened from you. Now you are not making God a liar that you have not already spoken. Okay. Take it how you hear. When you first, and Jesus said, and he made statements, he says, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, be sure not to get troubled. Why? It flows from the same principle of take heed how you hear. Brings to the whole principle. Anything as a believer that brings in your life fear and anxiety and worry destroys you. Because Therefore you should be so careful what you let come into your spirit. When you hear of destruction. So your evening news may not be the best place to meditate on. Be careful what you hear. Because if fear is coming into you, it will destroy you. Therefore Jesus said when he's talking about the last days, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, take heed that you are not afraid. Why? Be careful when you hear of wars and rumors. I'm telling you in advance that the bad things are coming on the earth, but I don't want you to be afraid. Because if you're afraid, you will drown. Just like Peter drowned in the presence of the Savior, the King of the whole world. Couldn't stop him. Jesus couldn't stop him drowning. Why? Because he... Saw and heard the wind. He heard. He heard the wind. But the wind has nothing to do with your walking on water. Just because the wind is quiet, can you walk? Just because the wind is quiet, can you walk? So what has the wind got to do with your walking? Because it's a distraction. Say creature of habit. Satan is a creature of habit. He tries the same techniques on you that he will try on everybody. He will bring commotion and sound. But he said, don't worry. Don't, you stay focused on me. You listen from me. You will not have any problems. Verse, verse 2. Mark chapter 7. What? Mark chapter 7 verses 14. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And he's talking about the things that defile a man. Very powerful, very powerful teaching. The things that defile a man. Once you are defiled, let me repeat. Once you are defiled, you are ineffective. In any area of your life, if you are defiled, you are ineffective in that area. The enemy has you. Now Jesus is breaking down another very powerful principle and what defiles a man. And he's breaking it down. And he's talking about this, how by traditions of man, you make the uh, word of God of no effect. How does the word of God does not have effect in our life? We have this problem with a lot of believers. Brother, I'm a believer, but I'm still struggling in my personal life. I'm struggling in my health. I'm struggling in my job. I'm struggling in my finances. So what you're basically telling is, I am a child of God. I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places, but the word of God is not having an effect in my life. And Jesus says, yes, I understand. 
The reason is because you are defiled. What? What defiles a man? Look here. Verse 15, Mark chapter 7, verse 15. There is nothing. And again, verse 14. Hear me, everyone, and understand. He's making a very bold statement. He says, Listen to me. I'll tell you what defiles a man. There is nothing that enters a man from outside that can defile him. But the things that come out of him that are things that defile him. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, look at that verse. It's tough teaching. It's a tough teaching, but are you willing to listen? When he says that statement, he was hears, hears, let him hear. He's basically saying, it's a tough teaching, but can you receive it? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? What comes out of a man, that defiles him. For out of within the heart of man proceed evil thoughts. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, evil eye, blaspheme, blasphemy, pride. And guess what he adds with that? Foolishness. A lot of the times the troubles that are in your life is because you are defiled. How many of you all will agree that foolishness is a defilement? I would never even consider foolishness as a defilement. In line with covetousness and fornication. But Jesus says, if you are foolish, your word of God because of no effect, because you are defiled in that area. So what happens is, in the area of what I just mentioned, that you have troubles is, you are just being foolish. You do not believe the word of God in your life for that area. You are walking contrary to the word of God. You are just being foolish. What happens? You are defiled and you have no power in that area. Do you see that? Do you see that? All these evil things come from within and defile a man. And how does it start? It starts with hearing. The hearing, it goes into your heart, it comes out from your mouth. The moment... Now, as believers, we need to get this. And this is powerful. The moment you confess an unbelief, that is the stage 3 cancer of that area. What is stage 1? Hearing. What is stage 2? Believing. What is stage 3? Confessing. So the problem is not with the confession. The problem started with stage one. Was you were hearing the wrong things. So the moment you confess unbelief in your life. And I'm telling you, this may not appear politically right. Let me use the word of Jesus. He who has hears, let him hear. Are you willing to receive? When you start confessing unbelief in your life, it is already stage three. Can you always remember in your head, confession, stage 3. That will stop you from all these evil confessions that you keep talking. I'm telling you, confessions seals your defeat. It's stage 3. It originates from hearing, dwells in your heart and comes out from your mouth. And once it comes out from your mouth, you made the word of God of no effect. And you can say, Lord, but brother, I believe, I believe the word of God. But I'm confessing the word of God. But internally, it keeps coming out. It comes coming out. Confession. Confession. Again, important. Very, very important. Okay. Matthew chapter 15. I'm sorry if you're taking time, but I'm telling you, this is so powerful. I don't want to let go of this because I know that you might not be able to connect back in the next live team in the same stream. 
Matthew chapter 15 verse 13. Again, he's talking about defilement. Matthew chapter 15 verse 11. Not, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of a mouth, this is what defiles a man. So he's talking about the same, same situation. Yes, no? He's talking about the same defilement, correct? And then he goes on to make a statement. Verse 13. He answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. And verse 14. Let them alone. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is great. Say, let them alone. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Once you are defiled, God doesn't have to do anything special to ensure that you are ineffective. Let me repeat. There is no extra effort that is needed for you as a believer to be ineffective and unfruitful. God just leaves you alone. The unbelief produces in you the belief in the works of the enemy and you marinate on it. It comes out from your mouth and it causes and happens automatically. Why? Because it's a spiritual law. Leave them alone. They will be unrooted by themselves. Jesus doesn't have to do anything special to condemn you. You are already condemned. So when you are defiled in an area of your life, you are automatically on the way to being unfruitful. God doesn't have to specially judge you. Now that is dangerous. In fact, Pastor Mike has talked about it. I wish God will do something and condemn and judge. But God does what? He gives you up. He gives you up. So what happens is evil grows. God just gives the, the people on to their wickedness. He gives them up. That is more powerful than He actually actively judging and condemning them. Now you, that's a double-edged sword. And as a believer, you don't want to be on that side of leave them alone. You, you see that? You see that problem? Why are you automatically ineffective? There is no extra effort that is needed as a believer for you to be ineffective. You, you are defiled and you automatically become ineffective. Therefore, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Then you cannot keep saying, Jesus, I plead with you. Take this sickness away from me. God cannot do anything about it. Because it was not his problem in the first place. You have to walk back in faith and believe the word of God. It is a mystery. It's an operation in the kingdom. You just have to work back and go back and do that. Remember what we studied? It is never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Out of you comes defilement. So you have to be careful. Leave them alone. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of leave them alone. Brothers and sisters, you don't want to be on the wrong side of leave them alone. Lord, I don't want to be left alone. How do you? How are you not going to be left alone? Continue to hear, the... continue to hear from God. Don't continue to hear from God on a daily basis. 
continue to hear from God on a daily basis. And we have a lot of other things to pass that we'll quickly rush through. I want you to go to it. The lesson in hearing by Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19. Now you'll say Elijah was one of the greatest prophets, but did he have a problem with hearing? He did. Here it is. So just because you're victorious once does not mean that victory is always ensured. 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 11 to 18. We talk about how the fire comes from heaven, destroys it and he kills all the prophets of Baal. And uh, first, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, now this is after this great victory on Mount Carabal. He says, go up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. Did it rain? No. No. But the prophet heard the sound of the abundance of rain. Right? Did Ahab see the rain? Did he believe uh, the prophet? Yes. Verse 42. Ahab went up to eat and drink. Why? So complete the sentence. Why? So complete the sentence. Prabhupada is trying to put the word here or in that. <laughs> That's a nice attempt. <laughs> so Ahab believed. Ahab believed what? He believed the prophet who heard what? The sound. Ahab heard a sound. Uh, sorry. Elijah heard the sound. Ahab heard the prophet. But the, uh, the faith came where? In Elijah hearing a sound where there was no sound. He heard the sound in the spirit and he said, Ahab, get up and enjoy. Eat and drink for I hear the abundance of rain. There's no rain, okay? There's no rain. Ahab went up, ate and drank and verse 43. And then Elijah, what did he do? He bowed down on his ground and put his face between his knees. Why? He's now interceding. But Elijah, but you thought, I thought you already heard the sound of rain. Yes! First you hear in the spirit and then it will manifest in the natural. It always is like that. It doesn't change just because we are in the new covenant. You hear in your spirit. You hear in your spirit. You hear the abundance of rain in your spirit. And then you pray. And you believe the abundance of rain that's happening. And then what? How many times did it take for him to tell the servant to go and see the cloud? Seven times. Talk about patience. Say creature of habit. Satan never changes. The word has come to Elijah saying that rain is coming. He's heard the sound of rain. So Elijah is in the right place. Listening from the word of God. Listening, hearing from God. So Satan comes and does what? Does what? Comes to steal immediately. Was there joy? Yes, they were rejoicing. So joy does not work. So the first strategy doesn't work. What is the first strategy? He comes to take it immediately. But did Elijah forget? No. Then he receives it with joy. 
And then what he does? He tries to bring persecution and delay. Correct? So did he bring delay out here? Say creature of habit. Always does. He's predictable. Why, why I say it's so powerful? I mean, Satan hates this session. <laughs> you know? He just hates this, what, he's, what you're listening from now. Not because anything is great, because it opens up his strategy. Delay. Lord is bringing a delay. Seven times did Elijah change. He heard. I just... So he, he was careful on what he heard. He heard the abundance of rain. He says, rain it will be. Why did he stop at seven? Because the rain came. So when do you stop? There's nothing special about seven. There's no theological <coughs> theological interpretation of seven. No. You, I'm going to be on my knees. You keep going. I think it was the prayer of the servant. Lord, Lord, let it rain. <laughs> I know in Elijah's world it is already raining and it is drenching. I think it's wet out there. But in my world, can it rain? <laughs> because I don't want to keep going. You know, let it rain, Lord. Wait, let it be seven times, eight times, fourteen times, twenty times. I'm going to just wait with patience. Take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Okay. Now we see this great, powerful servant, uh, servant Elijah. Now see the other side of Elijah. Okay. First Kings chapter nineteen. Verses 1, 2, and one, two, and 3. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and showed how he, and how he executed all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel, who is Jezebel? Jezebel. Satan incarnate. In flesh. She was. The spirit of Satan was totally incarnate in her. Say creature of habit. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more so, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse, verse 3. And when he saw, he arose and ran. Elijah saw. What did he see? Correct! Say stage 3. So now he hears a voice, the voice of Satan, telling him that he will be destroyed. Does he believe it? Why? Because he's violating the first principle. Take heed what you hear and how you hear. Now what should his response be? Woman, I don't care what you say. My God has destroyed the prophets. I have killed them. I've seen the fire. If you do not... Stop what you decide and repent. I am going to come and kill you. Because I have heard from God that you will die at the hand of dogs. But, Elijah graduated straight into stage 4. He actually started seeing himself being destroyed. Look at the verse. And when Elijah, when he saw, saw, he is beyond belief. He's beyond hearing. He's beyond believing. He's actually now seeing it. He's seeing that he's going to get destroyed. What happens? He arose and ran for life. Your past victories are no guarantee of your future victories. You have to walk in faith daily. 
hearing from the word of God. I'm telling you brothers, it's a principle. It is nothing to do with Elijah being a great prophet. It is the same principle. Fire did not come from heaven because of Elijah. It came because he heard. Rain did not come because of Elijah. It because he heard. God speaks and God's word is active and works. It's a principle. God's word, I told you, it's so powerful that even when God doesn't want it to work, it works. It's so powerful. You just believe it, it works. God is saying, stop it, I don't want it to work. But no, it will work. Even for an unbeliever, it works. And then God, and the God has to now work on Elijah. What has, what has God to work on? Elijah has a problem with what? Elijah has a problem with hearing. How do we know that? God tells him to go to Mount Horeb. Actually, he runs to Mount Horeb. God never told him to go to Mount Horeb. Verse 11. First Kings chapter 19, verse 11. He says, go out. And he said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into the pieces. But the Lord was not in the wind. Then the earthquake came. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire came. But the Lord was not in the who is bringing the earthquake and the fire and the wind? He's trying to teach him. Teach him what? I want you to hear. You have a problem with hearing. You are hearing Jezebel lately. Let me get you to start listening to me for a change. I want you to hear. And then a still small voice. It says a whisper in the original. The whisper. So what does the whisper come? What did the whisper say to Elijah? Actually, the whisper didn't say that. What did the whisper say to Elijah? Now, that is inference. Now, you need to read that and tell me. It is there. It is there what the whisper told Elijah. Verse 13. What did Elijah do when he heard a small whisper? Huh? Why did he do that? That been a simple word. Elijah, come outside. Because Elijah obeyed. There was no other revelation. And that brings to a very important point. Most of God's great revelations start with small instructions. Write it down. Most of God's great revelations start with small instructions. Like, take your sandals off. Take your sandals off. Forget about being the Redeemer to Israel and to bring the Egyptians out and to do this. Start off by, let's see whether we can take your sandals off. Take your sandals off. He told Abraham, step out of your tent. Look up. Great revelations are always preceded by very simple instructions. And many times as believers, we go past God's greatest revelations and destiny for your life because we miss and we are waiting for great revelations. When you have missed simple instructions that he has already asked you to do. Should be as simple as that. Send that brother a check. 
or go and tell that guy sorry. And your greatest breakthroughs and your destiny is going to shift at that point of time. And it is couched in plain sight for you. But it is a simple instruction. Elijah, cover your face and come out. I want to talk to you. And when he came out, the voice came and said, let me ask you the most fundamental and theological question. What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Lord, but this is Mount Horeb where you have actually manifested. No. You are here because you are? You are scared. God's mercy in a land of disobedience is not God's will. It's not God's mercy. Go back and I will give you. And, he, and Elijah starts the tape that he's believed and received. And what does he say? I am the only one left in all of Israel. Everybody's been destroyed and Jezebel is after ready to kill me. And God punctures his pride and says, let me tell you something. There are 7,000 like you whose knees have not bowed down to Baal. Go back, brother. Go back to your city and stand for me. Because you believe a lie. The enemy always makes a situation worse than what it is al always is. As Milu always tells me, bad news is free. Good news you have to actually search for. Bad news is free. People are always willing to give you unsolicited bad news in your life. They love to give bad news. It is free. It's available. But you have to receive the word of God. Be careful how you hear. Be careful. Obey the whisper. Then the voice will come. Write it down. Obey the whisper. Then the voice will come. When the voice comes, it will come thundering. But obey the whisper. Hallelujah. The whispers are there in your life. That's how he operates. He listens. Listen to God's whisper all the time. Go stand. Take sandals off. Get out of the tent. God talks to you, brothers and sisters. He does. Hear him. Hear him. There's nothing so complicated about life that God cannot solve it. There's nothing so complicated. Let's go back and I'll conclude with how Jesus operated as a man. As a man. With the principles that he has called us to do. John chapter 5. And I want to preface with this. John chapter 5 verse 30. Now this is an insight, okay? Now this is powerful because it will give you a complete understanding of how Jesus walked on earth as a man. John chapter 5, verse 13. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. And I want you to, if you can get an Amplified Bible for this verse, I want you to get it. John chapter 5, verse 13. Okay, now he is, here is Jesus telling the secret of his ministry. Say secret. secret. Okay, do you want to know the secret of Jesus' ministry? Yes. How he was successful? And Jesus says, let a servant be no greater than a master. If I, only just be like me. Don't try to exceed me, okay? Just be like Jesus. If you can only do as I have done, you will be successful. Okay, I'm reading in the Amplified. I am able to do nothing. Now this is Jesus. Hallelujah. I am able to do nothing from myself. Now hold it, hold it, hold it. Is this Jesus? Now this is Jesus. This is not a disciple, okay? 
I am able to do nothing from myself, myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get His orders. Even as I hear, say hear, I decide, I judge, I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, I give a decision. This is a secret. As the voice comes to me, I give a decision. And my decisions or judgment is right. Because I do not seek or consult my own will. Say consult my own will. I do not consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose. But my only will and pleasure is of the Father who sent me. You know how Jesus operated in his ministry? He was constantly saying to God, What about now? What about now? Tell me this. Tell me this. What about now? What about now? You know, that is why when Mary came and told Jesus, the wine is run out. Jesus said, not yet time. Why? Because he had not heard from God yet. So he's talking to God that time. He's saying, Lord, should I do it or not? God the Father says, wait. Wait, wait. Let me see their faith. Let me see their faith. And then Jesus, Mary's mother, Jesus' mother, Mary goes and says, the servant, the, tell the servant, says, go and do whatever he says. Faith is manifested. God the Father says, son, get ready. Your ministry is starting. Start. And he says, I'm ready. Fill the cup. Fill the jars. He says, I will not do anything. I will not do anything. In fact, it is so powerful and I want you to stay with me. Don't, don't, don't because the most powerful learning of the session is right now. What I'm going to teach right now. The most powerful. Let me show you how Jesus operated. So what did he say? I cannot do anything out of myself. I cannot. I will, I will listen from God and what God says I will do. So every miracle, every teaching, Jesus was constantly listening from God. And listening, not in the morning, in the during prayer times. No, no. He was listening at every point of time. He was listening. Why? Because he wants you to do it. He walked in not in his divinity, but he walked in his humanity as a man. Because you are expected to do the same way. The same principle. Okay. Say, hear God. That's the first commandment. Hear God. First commandment. Okay. Now let's see how he operated. Now you saw how the secret of his ministry is. Now Anil, tell me how he actually used this principle in his ministry. Now let's visit six examples of how Jesus used his ministry. Matthew chapter 14 verse 16. Okay, here we have a situation. Matthew chapter 15, 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 verse 16. Can somebody read that? But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Okay. So what is the report that has come? In verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they might go into the villages and buy themselves food. What does Jesus say? They do not, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Why? Now here is the situation. There is a, 
there is a pressure situation there is a lack of resource the people are crowded the disciples have a solution they say send them away to the villages let them buy bread problem can work but jesus says what they do not need to go away you give them something to eat why because you heard from god he said let them wait i'll feed them jesus immediately says does not go with the contrary conventional idea of what needs to be done if you are willing to listen from god miracles will happen in areas where you never thought things can happen jesus heard from them i want you to go to luke chapter 13 very powerful we talk about threats and tensions and persecutions look at luke chapter 13 now this is a classic example of elijah was afraid of Jezebel now look at how Jesus operates in the same problem same problem that Elijah faced but Jesus is facing Luke chapter 13 verse 31 Luke chapter 13 verse on that very day some Pharisees came saying to him get out and depart from here for Herod wants to kill you there you go The Pharisees come and say what? Just like Jezebel brought send a messenger. Let me bring you to the interesting question. If Jezebel could send a messenger to threaten Elijah, why couldn't she actually send a guard to kill him? No. Say creature of habit. Satan has no power. He will always give you an impression of power. He has no power. You think if he, she could send a messenger, he could not send a guard? Man, the guards are deadly afraid, shivering in their pants of Elijah. There is no guard. Ahab ran from the mountain. Elijah was so fast, he overtook Ahab's chariot and reached Samaria before Ahab got there. Now he is talking about super. He is. Now he is brother. He is flowing. He is walking in power at this point of time. Satan has no power. No wonder he is called a No. No. No, roaring lion. His only power is in his roar, not in his bite. So he'll always roar. That's why Jesus said, "Be careful what you hear. Don't be afraid of his threats." Don't be afraid. Now here is Jesus, right? See how Jesus gets it right. The Pharisees come and say him what? Get out, depart, as if they are very concerned for him. Herod is going to kill you. Herod is powerful. That guy is mean. History talks about Josephus has a character study on Herod. If you read Joseph, the works of Joseph, uh, Josephus, that guy was mean. That guy was some mean dude. You are some mean guy, but Jesus, the message comes just like the messenger came to Elijah. What did Jesus say? Classic case. What Elijah should have said to Jezebel? Go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will be done. But nevertheless, I must journey today and tomorrow, and the day following. For it cannot be that a prophet shall perish outside of Jerusalem. What is he saying? Tell that fox, I'm not going to be afraid of you. I have a ministry that I have to do. I am walking towards Jerusalem because I know I'm going to die in Jerusalem. But I am going to heal today and tomorrow. I am not going to be afraid. I am not going to hasten my trip 
out from the city because the word has come to me. Because I do not hear you. Say, do not hear you. I do not hear you. I am going to. But, but, nevertheless, I am leaving the city right now. Not because I am afraid of you, but because Father in heaven has already planned for me to go. I am on the journey. Lest you think that I am traveling a little too fast because I am afraid for you. Lest you think. Let me remind you. It's because a prophet cannot die outside of Jerusalem and it's my father's will that the son of God should die in Jerusalem. Because I am going to only listen to you. Example 2. Example uh, 3. John chapter 7. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verses 1, 2 and 3 and 4. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews were ready to kill him. Now see, he's not acting as a supernatural divinity. He's being like a man. He's being wise. He's walking in Galilee because he didn't want to be in Judea. Why? There's no big theological reasoning. Simply because they were trying to kill him in Judea. So he said, I'm going to walk in Galilee. See, because he's giving an example of how you need to operate. Oh, I'm a believer, therefore I'm going to walk into fire. No, no, no. Use brains. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. Get out. You know, move out. No, don't, you don't have to confront things that you know. Confront when God tells you to confront. Otherwise, just stay on the right side. You know? No, but God is with me. Yeah. Okay, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now the feast of tabernacles is in Jerusalem, correct? Now Jesus has to be in Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? In Judea. Jerusalem is part of Judea. What's, in, what's going on in Judea? The Jews are trying to kill her. So now it's the feast of the tabernacles. So his brothers come and say to him, Depart from here. From where? From Galilee. And go into Judea that your disciples may see the works that, are, that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he seeks to be made known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. You see, you see dude, why are you showing off in Galilee with all your miracles? Do it in the capital, in Jerusalem. If you do it there, they will receive you as Messiah. What does that show? They themselves did not believe that he was the Messiah. See that unbelief there? You see that unbelief? Show off to the world that you are the Messiah. Do it in Jerusalem. Don't do it in Galilee. Jesus. Verse 6. Watch this. How Jesus operates. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Why? Why? Because Jesus had not heard from Father God that it was a time for him to give, live. Why was it important? Look at it. You go to the feast. I am not yet going. Why? I am not going now because I have not received the voice from heaven to into my spirit says that go now. So I am going to wait. So you go ahead. I am not coming there to show off myself. I am going to come because that's the will of God. You go ahead. I am going to come. I am not yet going to come for my time has not fully come. Say fully come. When you walk with the Spirit of God and you walk hearing God, God is going to ordain your steps so perfectly. Every step 
every decision he's going to he said i cannot do anything by myself i listen from god was jesus effective Three years he changed the world because he was redeeming time he knew exactly when to go so his his this, his brothers went verse 9 and when he had said these things he remained in Galilee, Galilee. verse 10 but when his brothers had gone up he also went up why he didn't go now was he lying no because he heard from God go now go now go now Go now. But how did he go? He went in secret. So what happened to... Why... So let, 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 let it look at from a very humanistic point of view. Jesus having obeyed the voice of God in timing his timing to go to Jerusalem accomplished what? accomplished the fact that he could go to the Feast of Tabernacles, number one. Number two, he would not be killed. And he didn't want to be killed outside of the will of God. You see? So he accomplished that by just being obedient to the voice of God. What would have happened if he had gone with the brothers immediately to the Feast of Tabernacles? Guess what? They were waiting for him. They knew it was the Feast of Tabernacles and Jesus will show up as he always did every year. So there was an expectation that he would arrive at the time that he was supposed to arrive. So what happened when he did not arrive? They thought that he was still in Galilee. And then when he came, they were not expecting him to be there. And then he shows up in the middle of the temple where they couldn't do anything. Talk about strategy. Who gave him that strategy? God. God the he is divine God. He could be that Messiah who walks into the temple and does everything. But no, no, no. He's being careful to listen to God because he is setting an example on how we need to walk the travails of this world yourself. Just as I hear from him, from my father, you hear from me in this world. Okay. Do you like the best part of it? And this will break, break some of your theological understandings. Let's go to John chapter 10. Lazarus. Do you, how many of you all know Lazarus' story? Okay. Now oh, you're going to shatter some traditions. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 verses 31 and 39. Now Jesus is in Judea. Uh, in Jerusalem. How do we know that? In verse 22. It's a feast of dedication and Jesus is walking in the porch. 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 Now, verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And then Jesus says, Many works I have shown you. For which of these works do you stone me? And then they replied that it is for blasphemy that we stone you. Then verse 39. They again sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hands. Say escaped. 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 And then where did he go? Verse 40. He went away beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. And many came to him beyond the Jordan. Now beyond the Jordan is very far. Down south. I think for the south east where the Jordan was. And he went beyond the Jordan. And he was preaching there. Because in Jerusalem they were now trying to kill him. They were ready to stone him. So he escaped out from there and he goes there. And many came and believed in him. There. Now verse chapter 11 opens up with this. Now a certain man, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and Martha, which is very close to Jerusalem. Bethany is very close to Jerusalem. 
it was where mary martha the brother of uh, the whose brother lazarus it was the mary who was anointed who anointed the lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with hair whose brother lazarus was sick say lazarus was sick Therefore the sisters sent to him saying Lord behold the one who you love is sick when Jesus heard this he said the sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified through it then when Jesus loved Martha and but Jesus loved Martha and and the sister and Lazarus and when he heard that he was sick what did Jesus do he stayed two more days he Why does Jesus stay two more days when Lazarus is sick and not yet died? So is he going to do is he going to try to create an artificial sense of death to show himself strong? Oh that is isn't that deceitful? As a god, oh I just want him to die. Therefore then when he is suffered and died, then I show up and then I resurrect him. How great that journey will be. It's almost like telling my son has your child has pneumonia and is cold you know what let him have pneumonia then i will give him antibiotics because then when he is healed it will show how good a parent i am why would you do that why would jesus do that why wait two days why wait two days when lazarus is sick why look at here we see the secret out here When he heard that he was sick he stayed two more days in the place where he was verse verse 7 and after this he he said to the disciples what let us go to judea <laughs> now the disciples understand the problem what is the problem rabbi rabbi lately the jews who stone you and you are going there again You know the, the disciples never complained that Jesus did not go to heal Lazarus. Why? Why did the disciples not complain? Because they didn't want the dead Messiah. They had barely got out from getting stoned in Jerusalem. They just came out from there. They didn't want to go back into Jerusalem. They had no problem. Jesus, that is the best decision you have ever taken. In fact, I think they were afraid that Jesus would go because Lazarus was a close friend of Jesus. When Jesus was Lazarus was sick they knew that Jesus would go because they, he was a closest friend and Jesus heals buddy Jesus is heals that's his ministry he heals so Jesus would go to Judea but man that was last encounter was close so when Jesus after two days decides to go the disciples say oh wait 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 we thought you are not going are you going right now and Jesus makes a powerful statement and everything that i have taught we have lord heard from the holy spirit this evening time comes to this and listen to this and jesus gives a very simple understanding and it's like you'll say what is this answer got to do with what i'm asking look at read it i want you to all read it and the question is rabbi lately the jews sought to stone you and are you going there again so the question is are you going again to jerusalem You know they're going to stone you. Okay, and Jesus answers that with a simple question. And very powerful. And if you can get this, you got it. You got this today's message. You really got it. But this is crucial, okay? Now stay with me. And Jesus answered and says, "Are there not 12 hours in a day? 
if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Wow! Jesus, I ask a simple question and you go into light, dark, trumble, bumble and all that. What is this all about? Jesus is throwing a very important truth and if you can get it, you got it. He says, aren't there 12 hours in a day? Correct? There are 12 hours in the night. Correct? Which part of the day do you walk in? In the daytime or the nighttime? In the daytime. Why do you walk in the day and not in the night? Because you will stumble. So Jesus says, isn't it common sense that I should always be walking in the light and not in the dark? So how does that answer the question? Jesus is saying, when you hear from God on a daily basis, on a day-by-day basis, you will never stumble because you are walking in the light. If I decide to walk in my own will and decide to go when Lazarus is sick, I will die. And the Savior of the world will be stoned. And that is not the plan of my Father in heaven. You got it? I will. I refuse to stumble because if now I walk in the light of the word of God and from hearing his voice, I will not stumble because now I go after two days because now I hear the word of God and therefore I am walking in the light. And now I know when I go, the concern that you have that the Jews will stone me will not happen. And from a very human standpoint, in a strategic point, point, Jesus, God the Father in heaven was very smart. You know, he did not send Jesus the first day. What would have happened? You know what's, what's going on in Bethany when Lazarus was sick? They were, waiting. they were waiting for him there. How do I know it? Revelation from God. Not from me. I've heard this. A lot of people have understood this. They were waiting for more. The delay is not to show up as theologians talk about. It is simple. He's just walking in the light. His father said, don't go now. I have a better plan for you. Go after two days. Guess what is happening? They, they got tired waiting for Jesus. They said, this guy is not coming. So they left Bethany. And then Jesus shows up. And the guys who are ready to kill him, they're not there anymore. Did it solve the problem? But in the meantime... What happened? Say creature of habit. The word of God said, Lazarus, this sickness is not unto death. Say creature of habit. So what did Satan do? He made it appear as if the sickness is going to be dead. Right? So what happens? The dead. So what did Jesus keep telling Martha, Mary all the way? And you know the story. He kept saying what? No, he said... He He's not dead. He's sleeping. I am not going to change my confession just because you, you say so. Same problem. Creature of habit. You do not change. Now talk about patience. The guy is dead. He's three days in the tomb. Not because Jesus wants himself to show himself strong. But he's saying, I'm just not going to change my confession. I don't care how long Lazarus is dead. I did not delay because I was not unwilling. I delayed because Jesus, God, the Father, you told me so. My friend is not going to die. Satan keeps telling him, no, 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 he's dead. He's stinking. Let me tell you something more. It is so stinking that his sisters hate, hate his body. But Jesus says, no, he's sleeping. And he didn't change his confession. He said, he's, 
he is he is sleeping he did not change. don't change your confession and jesus operated in that and jesus operated in that in fact in verse 16 thomas said the twin thomas the twin said to jesus to the other disciples said what let us go also so that we may die with him they are so convinced so what does that prove the danger was real the disciples were petrified of the journey of jesus to jerusalem the danger was real it was not imaginary it was so real that thomas was ready to die because he knew this this journey they were going to get stoned but because jesus was walking in the light and hearing from god he did not stumble he would did not suffer how many times did men have a power over jesus in his ministry not many times why not because he was divine but he was listening to the voice of god and if you and i listen to the voice of god your family will be secure you will be prosperous your healing will proceed you will be elevated in your life because god wants you to be fruitful and your fruit will remain he wants you to that's how he wants you to operate not stumbling and suffering and dying and saying that that's how jesus did show me an example in his jesus ministry where you're stumbling and dying and suffering by the traditions of men do not make the effect the word of god of no effect don't that is not the jesus i know in the bible the jesus i know refused to stumble his taxes were always paid when there was a deficiency in his taxes fishes brought taxes to him when the passover meal had to be prepared and there was no house there was a man who had already prepared a table in the upper room and gave him a vip room in the heart of jerusalem when the when he had no tomb that was prepared a rich man brought and created a tomb he thought for himself but god had prepared it for the son of god he was prosperous in fact he was so prosperous that the soldiers were casting lots for his underwear he was prosperous he lived rich he lived prosperous why because he was sufficient but he became naked on the cross he became poor on the cross he suffered and died on the cross cross was where the exchange happened not in his ministry we get we get it all mixed up we think his ministry is where his his suffering happened no it was on the cross that he refused to answer his accusers because not because he could not he has he had answered his accusers many times in the past and they were shut with his wisdom but before pilate and before the guards he refused to answer why so that you can answer right now as a believer and answer have an answer for any accusation that anybody brings against you because he took that exchange during that time amen amen and we'll go to the final example jairus mark chapter 5 we'll close with this verse take heed how you hear mark chapter 5 mark chapter 5 verse 35 and you know the story and i won't dwell at it and jairus was a ruler whose daughter was sick and comes to jesus while the daughter was sick did not come to jesus when he was dead when she was dead jairus the ruler came to jesus when the daughter was sick and he pleaded with jesus to come to his house to lay his hand 
But Jesus got caught in the ministry. While he was traveling to Jairus' house, we know about the woman with the issue of blood, stopped him by her faith. Now Jairus was getting anxious. Time is passing by. But this woman is not leaving. But the woman gets a miracle and you know that story. But by that time what happened? The child dies. Verse 35. Mark chapter 5 verse 35. While he was still speaking, while Jesus was still ministering to this woman, he says, someone from the ruler's synagogue said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Say a creature of habit. Jesus, as soon as the word, verse 36 says, as soon as. Where do you heard the word as soon as in this teaching today? Immediately. As soon as the word is sown, Satan comes to steal the word. You see that thing? Say creature of habit. Jesus recognized it and said, as soon as the word was spoken, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, said what? Do not be afraid. Only believe. That means do not. What is what? What? Believe what? Believe what? No. What? Believe what? Believe that I am going to heal her. But, 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 but Jesus, I just heard a report that my daughter is already dead. No, 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 no. You do not, do not be afraid. Why? Take heed. What you hear? Take heed. How you hear? You do not hear that. You say, do not. As soon as the word left that report, Jesus said to the man, do not fear. Only believe. Why? He's employing the same principle. He says, I cannot help you if you do not walk in those principles and those mysteries that I've already taught you. Take heed how you hear. Do not let, do not defile yourself with fear. Do not defile. And look at what happens. Verse 37. He permitted no one to follow him. Now, he had already allowed his disciples to walk with him to Jairus' house, right? Say yes. Yes or no. They were following him, correct? Suddenly he says, don't come. Why? He only says three of them to follow. What's changed? They heard the report. And what happened? What is the word? They were defiled. They heard the word and they were defiled by fear. So God said, Jesus said, don't, you don't come. Because now your defilement is going to stop the miracle. So you don't come. So James, so the most faithful, the most faith guys, they had seen God and Jesus in all his glory. He said, Peter, James and John and the brother, the brother of James, they said, you come. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw what? A tumult. Say creature of habit. Remember, Satan is loud, but he's not powerful. There is a loud tumult. And they were weeping and wailing. Say how? How were they were the weeping and wailing? Loudly. Loudly. Satan. His creature of habit. He always does that. And when he had come in, he said to them, Jesus does not change his confession by seeing what is around. He says, why make this commotion? Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. Man, are you crazy? Are you that word of faith guy? That does not want to accept the reality of life. 
I am just a man who believes the word of God, the voice of God. The voice of God says that my Jairus' daughter is healed. I don't care what happens in the midway. And then what he does? And they ridiculed him, more noise. And he took them all outside. Why is he doing that? They're all defiled. He gets them all out. And he keeps only the people, his, he, the ruler and his wife. And he, you know the rest of the story. And she is raised up. And it was so simple. He didn't pray too much. He said, Talita Kumi. Simple. Two words. Man, you talk about faith. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I should not confess this. But imagine you and I there. <laughs> you know, there be all the scriptures from Isaiah, prophecy, this, Jacob, John. And everything else is good. But it doesn't need too much. When you are when you're not defiled, it doesn't need too much. It just needs a faith as small as a mustard seed. You know when you need a lot of faith? When you're, when you're, when you're big time defiled. You need a lot of faith. Because there's so much of junk in our lives. And there's a lot of faith. You need a lot of pastors to come and heal, pray for you. Because your faith is not enough with your mediocrity. You doesn't need too much faith. He said, Tabitha Kumi. Man, there's no shouting. There's no screaming in the name of... You know, just get up, girl. It's done. Just get up. When you're not defiled, miracles are plentiful and faith has no drama. When you hear from God, faith has no drama. It's very easy. The key to victory is always hearing. Always remember, are there not 12 hours in a day? Walk in the light. There are enough times in your life which are dark. Don't walk in it. Don't make a decision when you don't hear from God. You say, you know, many times people will tell me, no, but I've not heard from God. What do I do? Don't do anything. Chill. Relax. Chill. Take a lemonade, sit back, enjoy life. Don't take any hard decisions when you don't hear from God. Any simple decisions. Simple decisions as not wanting to go to the next city. Jesus, didn't I read from Amplified Bible? He did nothing unless I hear from God. Unless I hear. This is the Son of God saying. He, had, he, had, he listened from the Spirit. He said, listen, tune yourself from the Spirit. Tune yourself. He who has here, let him hear. You know that phrase, he who has here, let him hear, is mentioned 16 times in the Bible. 16 times. And in the book of Revelation, one constant message to every seven churches is what? He who has ears, let him hear. Why? Because his commandment has not changed from one era to another. It is always here. The first commandment of God is here. 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 The first commandment of God is here. And Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Listen to the whole chapter of the book. Go back and I'm not going to dwell on it. John chapter 10 is the shepherd book, right? He says, I am the good shepherd. I, he's the thief and they come in and all the time. Look at the obligation of the sheep in that whole chapter. From chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 18. There's only one obligation. The shepherd does all the doing. The sheep does all the hearing. hearing. That's it. The shepherd does all the doing. The sheep does all the hearing. The sheep hear my voice. The sheep recognize my voice. The sheep hear my voice. That's it. You are sheep. Don't try to be anything else. Just hear. That's it. Life is going to be easy. Because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my labor burden is light. Burden is light. He said it, I believe it. 
I'm not going to make it more complicated than what it is. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And we got it all wrong. We are quick to anger, quick to speak, and so slow to hear. <laughs> you know, I mean, we really got it all backward. And James, says, James was like the practical Christianity. I don't know there's a preacher who's as brutal as James when he talks down to it. Forget about faith. He says, faith without works is dead. Don't worry. Don't waste your time. And he's talking about faith means appropriate action which accompanies appropriate faith. And we can go into it later. But he's that kind. Don't get me all your faith talk and all. You know, where's your action? Where's your action? There's no action. And he says, be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to answer. So next time, be quiet. It's better to be quiet, but be quick to hear. Hear from God. Hear whom? Hear from God. Hear from God. And Jesus is very clear. He said, the words that you hear is not mine, but the Father's. Everything that Jesus said is mine, is the Father's. In fact, and I'll close with this final thing. I want you to listen. When you hear, when you hear the world, when you hear the world every day, can you hear the end? When you hear the world, can you hear its end? Don't be awed, struck by the things that you see in the world. Can you hear the sound of destruction? When Jesus walked in the temple buildings and the disciples were showing him how great this temple was, Jesus was hearing the sound of Roman troops closing in on every side and destroying it with fire. And he told them, not one stone shall be left on another. He heard from God. So don't be so overwhelmed and awed, struck by the world. When you hear the world, can you hear its destruction? When you hear Satan, can you hear his lies? Just because he says something, can you hear behind what he's saying? He's really telling, I have no power. I can only speak as loud as I'm speaking to you right now. You know what? I have no teeth. I can only roar. Can you hear his lies? When you hear men, can you hear that they are futile? That they will change. Today they glorify you and they praise you. Tomorrow they will curse you and turn against you. So Jesus heard the men and praising him and he said, I don't receive my credentials from men. I don't receive my self-worth from the car I drive, from the people who praise me. Because there is no big car that has been made that can... Kenneth Copeland says, he says, there's no big car that the world has made that can match up to the esteem that you are in Christ Jesus. So what car is going to give your credibility? What people is going to boost your morale? When you hear men, can you hear their futility? When you hear the word of God, can you hear your name in it? Can you hear your name? When God, Jesus says, I, on, this, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail in. Can you hear your name in that? Can you hear you, Jesus saying, on Annie, I've, I, I have built my, uh, on this rock I have built Annie and the gates of hell shall not prevail against Annie. Can you hear your name in every word that he's told? Can you put your name in everything that has been written in the word of God and personalize it because it is for you? Or do you see it all as some theological jargon, some theological manuscripts that has been written for a different era and a different time? And, but most of all, when you hear the sounds of judgment, can you hear the voice of mercy of God?
when Abraham heard the sounds of judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, he strained to hear the mercy of a loving God who wanted to spare it, not for 500, not for 50, not for 45, not for 20, not for 10. But he could hear the cries of a father who would send his angels so that Sodom and Gomorrah will have a chance. When you hear the sounds of judgment all across the world and the world is getting darker as the days go by, can you hear mercy being shed out into this world? And are you willing to hear from God? And if you are, God is able to do incredible things in your life. Let's just pray. Father, it's finished, O Master. You've given your word, O Lord. You revealed to us the mysteries of the kingdom this evening time. And I thank your Spirit, O Holy Spirit, who taught us and reminded us, O Lord, the things that are ahead of us, the things that we need to overcome and the way we need to overcome. For Christianity as being taught and taught by men is not the Christianity that has been shown in the word of God, O Master. Father, even as you have revealed this evening time, help us to live and operate by those principles that you have lived yourself by, O Master. For your word is easy, O Master. And help us to have hearing ears. Lord, now I pray in the name of Jesus, break the power of hardness of heart. Open our ears, O Lord. Help us to hear regarding everything, O Jesus. Everything concerning life, O Master. Everything. Let it be said of this life team that those people can hear from God. Go to them. They can hear from God. Because not because they are righteous and great but because they walk in the light. Father, let uh, problems that are not looking so entangled become so easy because this evening time we'll wait to listen from you. We stand still to listen from you. For we are quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to bring up petitions, slow to burden you with our many words. For your word says in Proverbs, when words are many, sin is not absent. Master, forgive us, O Lord, for a multitude of words in your presence and help us, O Lord, to hear more from your presence and help us to obey. Master, help us to obey. Help us to obey. Open our hearts. Open our ears. And just as you told the church, O oh Master, he has ears, let him hear. Master, let it be said of us as your children that these children can sure can hear me. Master. 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 Speak to us, O oh Master. Father, rather help us to listen on what you have already spoken. If it says, remove our sandals, help us to say that the sandals we will remove. If it says, step out of our tent, out of this tent, we will step out, O Master. If it is to say to walk to the edge, we will walk, O Master. Because that's where our destiny is and that's where our calling is. O Master, forgive us, O Master. Forgive us, O Master. Forgive us for we have not been the light in this world because we have refused to walk in the light, O Lord. Help us to walk in the light. Help us to hear from you this evening time. Help us to hear from you every day. Help us to never say 
never say in our lives, I do not know what the will of God is in my life. Let us be no such pathetic people that we do not even want to hear from a God who is ready to reveal His will. Oh Master, forgive us, O oh Lord. Forgive us, O oh Master. And speak to each one of us. Speak to each one of us. Speak to each one of us. Masha, if you can just play that song, Spirit of the Living God. And even as Masha plays this song, let it be a private time right now. Because I think God holds us accountable for the word that He so graciously opened up from the word today. So let it be a private time when you bring yourself before God. Forget about who is around you and talk to Him. Nothing is so difficult that He cannot speak to you. It is not too late to hear from Him. Ask Him and open your ears and hear from Him. He will tell you what you need to do. And you know you'll be surprised. The things that you tell you will be something so simple. And you always wondered, if it was so simple, why did I dread it? You know what? It is the enemy. He always makes it appear as if it is so tough to serve God. The rich man who came to Jesus thought that he will go away poor if he gives his things to the poor. But he didn't know that he will get a hundredfold in his lifetime. The enemy is a liar. Listen from God. The way to hear from God is to yield to your spirit. And just as Jesus said, I do not want to do what I wish. I don't want to do what I like. I'm just going to do what I hear. Master. Master, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you for hearing ears that you've already given us, so Master. Father, help us, all of us, to recognize that still voice, that still whisper that speaks to us. Speaks to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for that voice, so Master. Thank you for that voice, O Jesus. Intelera mosuno kurisi nikarasala mosuno kurisi lakara mosuno kurasi nikarasala. Thank you for that voice, O Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.